things work. Oh Sean my God! Fah. That's you how things you work. Your you know exactly what it was. But anyway. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Literally Literary. With us, as always, is Mr. Sean Sean Faugh. I am Joey Bonnier, and here he is, Sean O'Brien. You didn't even try? Not even an attempt, huh? He hasn't been here in like a month and a half, and you don't even try. Is that just how we're doing it now? Happy there, Valentine's Day. Are you out of puns forever? For- <laughs> wow, guys. <laughs> wow. I think you get tired of getting yelled at for the same puns. Well, we got to so yell at him for something. For, yeah, I guess that's fair. You guys are dicks. <laughs> hey, at least you don't have to do a show with Wheeler. Do you, do you still have to? Or no, is done? actually, I don't. Yeah, yeah no all, one has to do anything. <laughs> yeah. It's all done, huh? Um, I don't know that I'm ready to say that. Okay. Never say never. Yeah. We Wheeler is a hard man to pin down. Sounds sounds about right. Yeah. Right he, on. He's a wily wheeler. How you guys been? It's been a while, huh? It's been a don't while. Don't sing the fucking song. We were gone. Sorry sorry for the delay. I guess the we well we did do we gave you guys a show of that when I wasn't here, I guess, right? You guys yeah, recorded some, some, some stuff. There. Yeah. You guys recorded something. Yeah. Uh we missed out on Valentine's Day. I could have read love poems for everyone. We missed Glad out we did on that. stuff. Uh I was away, I'm sorry. And then Sean was sick and then Joey was baby. Mm-hmm. And then we did the same joke on Paul Tinkering. I don't even yep. know what that means. I just I did it. You get yeah. angry at him for doing callback jokes and you do them all the time. This isn't a callback. Hypocrite. Joke. It's not no, a callback. It's a repeat. That's just a repeated yeah, joke. It's just a lazy that's, joke. Yeah. For which I also get mad at you. So yeah, that's yes, true. It was hypocritical. I, I concur. I have no defense. <laughs> <laughs> I win. What are we doing Podcast for food? Over. What are we doing for food? We are getting Dino's. pizza. Oh, okay. Have oh. we had this place no or no? God By the way, it. I'm like, now that you mentioned, I'm afraid because I didn't know if I got the right pizza for you guys. Because you said, mm. bu- you, it was, you I'm, I'm always talking about between buffalo and barbecue. I don't know. Either one I mean, of those it, would be fine. Okay. But we, it was the number two was the important thing. He did yeah. say, and he said numero dos, yeah. which I found to be a bit insensitive, linguistically speaking, uh, but it's fine. Why? I think he, I don't know. Because he obviously <laughs> didn't speak Spanish otherwise. I don't have a joke mm. for that. I thought I did, but I don't. Uh, is, is it rude to use those kind of phrases sometimes? It feels like it's rude. It can be. Sure. Like like if you like have one Mexican friend, you're like uno momento, amigo. It's kind of weird. If he's your friend, well, not, not if he's your friend, right, but like but if he's, if he's he, just a guy you know and yeah. you say it, might be, yeah, you know, could be like extra special if treatment. Will, it's kind I of think interesting. What's gonna happen is, and again, I'm a minority of zero caliber, so I have no clue. But I would, I would White imagine guy the experience. Yeah, I would imagine the experience might be more akin to like, why were they saying that? And it just like gives them pause and and. And they're just like, why? Why? Yeah, why I say it's more confusing brain? than anything. You know, how to deal with this. you know how to say that in Spanish. Why don't you know how to say what I'm trying to tell you in Spanish? Why do you have to get a guy that speaks Spanish? <laughs> um, I don't really get bent out of shape when people do like a Jewy accent in front of me. Um, I don't know. It's kind of weird though. Like, if but it, you notice that we didn't even just do it right now as an example because we we know that it would be weird. Okay, congratulations for not being slightly well, racist. I, just, <laughs> yeah, but that's my point. There you go. Exactly. Like okay. you're saying, you might not get offended, but it's. it's yeah, everyone calls out racism these days. No one calls out people for not being racist. <laughs> you know what? We were silent for those 10 <laughs> yeah. seconds right there. Give us some credit. Yeah. Way to go, Brian. Way to not be racist. Yeah. Anyway, Good job, I, white guy. Anyway, I have books. <laughs> um, I actually have a couple different options. Oh, you Jesus. know what? Let's start with this. Let me give you guys options. Uh, one, two, or three. Door number two. Door number two? Mm. Door number two it is. Okay. okay. 
I, I hesitated. Door number two. Never hesitate. Yeah. This is why we're not letting you be one of those armed teachers. <laughs> I would hesitate. Yeah. <laughs> Never hesitate. I thought that's what you wanted. You don't want someone that just... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Door number two. I also have my Kindle here, so I'll read off the Kindle first. Um, I have... Kindle's cheating. Then I'm... Okay, that's it. Fuck you. Here, books are gone now. <laughs> Only the Kindle. Where's the pa- paper towel? What paper towel? The paper towel cover of your Kindle. Oh, um, yeah. We were flying and Kelly's like, that paper towel m- makes me uncomfortable. And I'm like, well, me touching it makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to. And she's like, I just don't like the paper towel on it. So I took it off. Yeah, correct. Mm. Good. Correct. She's doing something good. <laughs> she's telling you that you're an idiot and then you're correcting your behavior. Am I really an idiot? Do you remember what happened last time you said that I wish you didn't have the paper towel and I showed you and I said, touch this. And you were like, this is unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. So since you but threw those books on the ground, I you have to burn never them? never just, for the look of it, you can't just walk Don't around. Don't get too excited, Sean Fah, no. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I did get a new Kindle for which I need to get a new cover. That's the biggest one. One that doesn't right feel as creepy? Well, no, I'll still have this Kindle and the cover for this. So it's Why still do you need two Kindles? Cool. I don't need two Kindles. It's just Jesus my mom Christ. had an extra one. I was like, you want this? And it was a Kindle Fire 7 that had like more things, more accoutrement. Because you, you need to read three books at once? No, I just... Shut up. <laughs> this is great pod. I have The Goldfinch by Donna Tart. You're a tart. I have... Is there anything else on there that I can mention? Eh, not really. It's really? fine. I'll, do, I'll stick with The Goldfinch. For, the, for this particular theme. You guys wanted themes. I'm doing themes. Don't you have The Disaster Artist on there? Uh, that technically that. counts in the theme, but part of the theme is that I haven't read it to any degree. Um, any large... No, you know, I haven't read it on the pod. Yeah, you did. I haven't, oh what I'm saying is I... I oh, okay. I have To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. Tequila. The World According to Garp by John Irving. I have The Godfather by Maria Puzo. I have Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas by Hunter S. Thompson. I have. Haven't we done that like four times? We've only read the opening. (laughs) That's like as far as we ever get. So that's why these two I've included. So both The World According to Garp and uh, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I literally read the opening sentence. Mm. So I brought them back. I have Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer. Foxworthy? Is and, that the movie? Yeah. And I have uh, The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Man, F. Scott Fitzgerald. I have No Country for Old Men by Cormac McCarthy, and I have Atonement Joey for, uh, by Ian McEwan. Oh, so it's yeah, all anybody, about anybody movies? Guesses, yeah, these are all movie adaptations. Mm. I obviously have way more, but we've read a lot on the pod, and I had like three pod. I didn't know how many we were going to do today, so I had a lot of- I brought a lot of books. I have a lot of books. Mm. But these are the ones that I'm dealing with. So The Goldfinch by Don Tart. Um and then the rest of these there things. was a movie called The Goldfinch. Yeah, what's there that? is a movie by The Goldfinch. It's coming out actually. Oh. It's it's really I loved that book, man. Um, it's I read it on the Kindle. Donna Tart, I read her um, A Secret History, which I also have on here, by the way. She only has three books. There's a secret history. What's Annihilation about? Yeah, exactly. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Expert. The Goldfinch by Donna Tart. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Annihilation actually is coming out this weekend, I think. Or no, it's out this weekend already, but the oh, Goldfinch is being on. made into a movie, so I have plenty There's of time. so much I would rather. Yeah, the Goldfinch. <laughs> so I'm going to read. It's okay. It's actually really fucking good, but it's all right. It's all right. So uh, Annihilation. Annihilation is um, sort of a sci-fi book. Uh, this is actually Kelly's copy, and you can see the bookmark is about halfway through. Sprayed in lavender. 77. No, it's my bookmark. It's halfway, uh, through, halfway through, I read this. I don't want to read this. Okay. <laughs> Do you have justification for this? No. Nope. Are you just uh, opposed I to- I just want to read something else. Okay. 
The goldfinch just, by just, Donna's no, <laughs> You do it to yourself. Can we please, a strange request, sure. to, to Kill a Mockingbird. Can we please read that? Sean Fah? I have no objection. I wish I had Ghosts at a Watch, man, uh, which was her new one, like the prequel to this. I don't want to read that one. No, You're out of order. No, but it's like we read them both at the same time. It'd be kind of like whatever. Like it's a whole, it'd be like a comparative studies thing, which is interesting. At the same time? Is that like that thing where you read time, the book and you, then no, turn it upside down and read the other episode. book? No, that was, that was, what was that one? I don't know. Oh, no, man. let's what, give each one their own episode. I don't want to read Ghost at a Watchman ever because it was bad. It was stupid. It was dumb. It was annoying and bad. And, and let's just pretend it never existed. And let's read about tequila. <sighs> tequila Mock. Mm. Wait, was that? It's fine. You want to read it? Tequila Mock. It's a better summer book. It's a better summer book, but you guys are being stupid about it. You named the two books it's, that I it's actually really thought cold were in California. I right wanted now. to read The Goldfinch, and I assumed Annihilation would be the one we would read because it came out mm. this weekend. So I thought it would be good to like a good compa- like you know, a good companion piece for anybody who's looking to see the movie since it might do okay. But Are you trying to what. steer this election, sir? To kill a mockingbird. Are you trying to undermine democracy? To kill a mockingbird, Mr. Putin by Harper Lee. Mm. <clears throat> Have you guys ever read this? I, no, I wasn't asking you, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it being assigned in grade school. <laughs> wow. That was just, I'm sorry. That was mean, but it no, was funny. It was it was accurate. <laughs> really funny. Uh, Joey, have you read this? Yes, in school. Oh, there's a little bookmark. A little pinky bookmark. Oh, my God. Makes sense. <laughs> that was an exciting find for me. Yeah. Yes, in grade school, you say? Seventh grade, I think. That's, That's not grade late. school. This feels late. It's also not grade school. So I think this was banned recently, by the way, as well, for the N-word in it. Jesus. Come to think of it now that it occurs to me. I feel like it's not late. I feel like I read it when everyone else read it, and at least in Pennsylvania. It sounds about right, seventh grade. Potentially. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I don't remember when I read this. Um, okay, cool. As if New Jersey education is any better than Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's laughable. <laughs> New Jersey. Are you saying they both suck? Uh, for, yes, they do both suck, but New Jersey mm. is infinitely worse. Oh, but you were a private school boy, so what would you know? It's true. I was comparing the public schools, but yeah. Yeah. That was mean. Yeah. You've, you've said hurtful things to me. And you have sadness. I, <laughs> I now have sadness. Wait. I were, am experiencing sadness. I have you, sadness. Were you private school? No. Okay. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck Such school. disdain. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Betsy DeVos over there. No shit. One. <laughs> Singular sensation. Every single step we take. When he was Two? nearly third, Sean, okay, please. <laughs> I feel like I'm actually now in middle school. It's good that his teacher doesn't have a gun. Calm down, children. <laughs> when he was nearly 13, my brother Jem got his, ba- got his arm badly broken at the elbow. When it healed, and Jem's fears of never being able to play football were Is it with a G or a J? Jem is with a J. Mm, like the holograms. Exactly. <laughs> uh, when his uh, never being able to play football were assuaged, he was seldom self-conscious about his injury. His left arm was somewhat shorter than his right. When he stood or walked, the back of his hand was at right angles to his body, his thumb parallel to his thigh. He couldn't have cared less so long as he could pass and punt. When enough years had gone by to enable, us, walks? to enable us to look back on them, we sometimes discussed the events leading to his accident. I maintain that the Ewells, Ewells, E-W-E-L-L-S, Ewells? Yes, the Ewells. Ewoks. I maintain that the Ewoks started it all, but Jem, who was four years my senior, said it started long before that. 
He said it began the summer Dill came to us when Dill first gave us the idea of making Boo Rattle. I'm coming out. Different type. I said if he wanted to take a broad view of the thing, it really began with Andrew Jackson. If General Jackson hadn't run the creeks up the creek. Ayo! Simon Finch would never have paddled up the Alabama. And where would we be if he hadn't? We were far too old to settle an argument with a fist fight, so we consulted Atticus. Our father said we were both right. Being Southerners, it was a source of shame to some members of the family that we had no recorded ancestors on either side of the Battle of Hastings. When's the Battle of Hastings, Joey? 1043. What? Battle of Hastings? Ten. F- yeah. Where? Where's so Hastings? I thought that was like a. I thought that was like a civil. Maybe a, maybe War eleven. Thing? No, Battle of Hastings is like uh, is William the Conqueror. Where is Hastings? England. Oh. Okay. I'll check it. It was a source of shame to have some family member to have. Being Southerners, it was a source of shame to have some members of the family. That. Ten sixty six. We had no recorded ancestors on either side of the Battle of Hastings. I don't, I'm not sure I understand that phrasing. Um, all we had was Simon Finch, a fur-trapping apothecary from Cornwall whose piety was exceeded only by his, uh, stinginess. Yeah. Who was Hastings the battle between? Stinginess, Jesus Christ. I literally am a 13-year-old right now. What? What? Who who was Hastings between? William. William the Conqueror. The Conqueror of Normandy invaded England and then basically killed off Harold Godwinson, King Harold. Was this and the Armada? That was the 1066 it was? It's, the, the Norman invasion is when right. literally William took over and then established England as his domain. Yeah. Sorry, don't get mad at me for not knowing what happened in 1066. Well, it's a big deal because everyone says that's the beginning of England. Of their dynasty. They, gotcha. all tra- they traced all their kings back to him, hmm. William the Conqueror. In England, Simon was irritated by the persecution of those who called themselves Methodists at the hands of their more liberal brethren. And as Simon called himself a Methodist... He worked, his, worked his way across the Atlantic to Philadelphia, thence to Jamaica, thence to Mobile, and up to St. Stephen's. By the way, not all their kings, just that one dynasty. Mindful of John mm. Wesley's structures, sorry, strictures, right? Strictures? Um, on the use of many words and buying Simon made a, pile practicing, made a pile practicing medicine, but in this pursuit he was unhappy, lest he be tempted into doing what he knew was not for the glory of God. And, um, God, as the pudding... As the putting on of gold and costly apparel. So, Simon, having forgotten his teacher's dictum on the possession of human chattel, brought three slaves and with their aid. pronounced cattle. And with their aid, established a homestead on the banks of the Alabama River, some 40 miles above St. Stephen's. He returned to St. Stephen's only once to find a wife, and with her established a line that ran high to daughters. Simon lived to an impressive age and died rich. It was customary for men in the family to remain on Simon's homestead, Finch's Landing, and make their living on make their living from cotton. The place was self-sufficient, modest in comparison with the empires around it. The landing, nevertheless, produced everything required to sustain life except ice, wheat flour, and articles of clothing supplied by riverboats from Mo. Simon would have regarded with impotent fury the disturbances between the north and south as it left his descendants stripped of everything but their land. Yet, the tradition of living on the land remained unbroken until well into the 20th century, when my father, Atticus Finch, went to Montgomery to read law, and his younger brother went to Boston to study medicine. Their sister, Alexandra, was the Finch who remained at the landing. 
She married a taciturn man who spent most of his time lying in a hammock by the river, wondering if his trot was full. Is taciturn like deadbeat? I don't know. Uh, yeah, kind of. I think it is. Like slacker? Yeah, yeah. I, I think. I, yeah. I'll look it up, but I'm take pretty sure of, that's right. I'm take a sip of Phil's coffee, one cup at a time. No plugs. Of a person reserved or uncommunicative in speech, saying very little. <laughs> so reserved is a better way. Okay. Oh, okay. Different. Yeah. When my father was admitted to the bar, he returned to make home and began his practice. Make home, some 20 miles. You can do a joke there? I feel like you were trying, Johnny. Yeah. Okay. Wheels right. turn slow today. Got it. <laughs> Pause for a joke. <laughs> I'll cut one in later. <laughs> he returned to Macomb uh, and began his practice. Macomb, some 20 miles east of Finch's Landing, was the county seat of Macomb County. Uh, Atticus's office in the courthouse contained little more than a hat rack, a spittoon, a checkerboard, and an unsullied coat of Alabama. His first two clients were the last two persons hanged in the Macomb County Jail. Atticus had urged them to accept the state's generosity in allowing them to plead guilty to second-degree murder and escape with their lives. But they were Haverfords in Macomb County, a name synonymous with jackass. The Haverfords had dispatched Macomb's Landing blacksmith in a misunderstanding arising from an Is election. Is that why that's Aziz's name in Parks and Rec? No. Is, what? No, no. Aziz and Sorry. Haverford. Yeah. That's oh, it is why. Haverford. Yeah, that's funny. not why, but... Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. Haverford is also famous for having a college. It's also like very, it's a very snobby name because okay. it's got Haverford College. You, you, you don't think she ever read fucking Atticus? I don't Finch? think this is the... Okay. She? Uh, fucking, oh my God. Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. She yeah. didn't create the show. What's guy, that? guy named Aaron Schur. Oh, that's right. Show. Wasn't she a writer? Maybe no, she wrote no, some. No, I don't believe so. She might so. have written. Mm. I don't believe so. She may have directed some. I don't think she wrote any. Okay. See? Harris Whittles. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's true. Wrongful <laughs> um, an alleged wrongful detention of a mayor were imprudent enough to do it in the presence of three witnesses and insisted that the son of a bitch had it coming to him was a good enough defense for any. They persisted in pleading not guilty to first-degree murder, so there was nothing much Atticus could do for his clients except be present at their departure an occasion that was probably the beginning of my father's profound distaste for the practice of criminal law. During his first five years in Macomb, Atticus practiced economy more than anything. For several years thereafter, he invested his earnings in his brother's education. John Hale Finch was 10 years younger than my father and chose to study medicine at a time when cotton was not worth growing. But after getting Uncle Jack started, Atticus derived a reasonable income from law. He liked Macomb. He was Macomb County born and bred. He knew his people. Isn't it make them? They knew him. And because of Simon Finch's industry, Atticus was related by blood or marriage to nearly every family in town. Uh, it might be make them. You mean to say make them? I'll say make them. Yeah. I'll make them do it. Make home. Uh, there you go. Wheels are kicking. There you go. Getting oiled there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I will. Go ahead. Oh, this is stupid. Sorry. If I only had a brain. I, this is something that, that's similar to this that always bugged me is when people say the sheriff of Nottingham. Mm. Nottingham? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Like, it's not how you say it. Nodding, nodding, ham. I like ham. <laughs> it's all. Um, okay, so, uh, the, so Ghost at a Watchman. Let me just take a quick side the thing of that. Okay. That was the book that was published two, three years ago or so, that, that right after Harper Lee died. They found it in like their time capsule? It was her, or yeah, no, 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 no. It was just her, you know, it was, it basically was. Harper the, Lee's a woman? Yes. 
Oh, I can't read that. This is our only book. It's our only book. It's interesting that you didn't know that. Why would Harper be gender specific? I don't know. That's a good question. Fair enough. Yeah. Maybe that's why they chose the name. I don't don't know. But like, it's it's also very, like, you know, uh, E.B. White or who's the Outsiders? J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. What was the Outsiders (laughs) one? No, but seriously, a lot of them do the gender neutral Especially when was this written? 1960. Yeah. Oh, that would. No. Can I say what I was going to say? No. Okay. It's really interesting. All right. Ghost of the Watchmen was her her previous attempt at this book. It basically mm. so this this book of course follows Scout, right? That's the person we're Bruce Willis is daughter. So they to. just published her rough draft. More or less, it was the first draft of it that was rejected by publishers. Um, basically, it follows Scout as an adult, um, and she goes back um, to her home and deals with her father. And her father is this like. He's much older, obviously. Right. He's, a, he's is so racist, racist and yeah. shit. And it's kind of like a weird thing. But also Scout is, I think, pregnant and like trying to have an abortion. And What it's year is weird... that supposed to take place? That one or this one? The Ghost of Watchmen. Uh, uh, the 40s, 50s, I think. Yeah. Okay. So it was like, it was a, she's supposed to be like a woman of the future. So you know like, what I mean? At the okay, time. Like, but like 10, 20, 30. Right. Yeah. But instead they kind of, when she, she literally, because it was rejected, she went back and, and kind of just took the characters. It was it was almost like an interesting character study. So they're all fascinating characters and it's cool to see where they ended up, but, but it's really sad too. It sort of sullies this version of it. Um, well, it's also like, like everything they're doing nowadays, it's like taking a really great original idea and stretching it into a trilogy or something when yep. it's not fully fleshed out. Well, it's the other way around. It, it, it's maybe you're, she you're was right in a sense. Maybe like she originally wanted a trilogy. She Pop- didn't, she didn't. She, she, she wanted to tell the story of scout. Trilogies and, weren't a thing till star Wars. Yeah. It's not like she, true. you're missing the point. She it, maybe <laughs> I used to have actually definitely. pretty good. I used to have a really good rant on this whole point, by the way, to, there was to, the Trinity. Compare it on things. Anyway, whatever. We'll, we'll, it, it, I guess that it's it's. I'm not. A lot of people were against the idea of publishing Ghost of the Watchmen because it was like, oh, it was never supposed to be seen, etc. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. I think it's an interesting kind of um, historical document for writers to look at what yeah. the characters kind of you know the, the the process of a writer to understand more about their characters. And the you can't thing, say it was never supposed to be seen if she was out there trying to sell the thing and no sure. one just wanted no, it. No, no, no. You're right. Nobody wanted it, but when it was rejected, she went yeah. back and wrote this book, which is a which is just it's a much obviously okay. I mean, so, this re- one the, well, so it was rejected in the sixties. Ghost Earlier Watchmen. than that, fifties. Oh, the fifties. And why? Why are they? It reject- wasn't good. That's just it. It just wasn't good. But they liked to kill. Yeah. But they liked it yeah. enough. They're like rewrite this as to no, kill a no, mockingbird. Nobody really gave her. No- I mean, people may have given her notes. We we don't really know. But I mean, it's 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 the same characters. It's just a it's them in an earlier twenty years earlier, an earlier existence of the same characters in a much more you know beautiful way. I mean, this book's amazing. But yeah, it goes that's to the what I'm just surprised. Okay. I don't, I'm, yeah, I was just kind of asking what makes it bad and stupid, but I, I don't know. It's, it's, it, like I said, it's honestly, it feels like a character study. Like it's an interesting thing. Like just sort of, you know, you, you, it, it, it deals with Scout when she's older. She's very much like kind of Harper Lee trying to, or more specifically Scout, like coming to terms with the, the sort of new modern era that, i.e. the fifties basically. Um, so civil rights, women's rights, all that good stuff was going on, right? And it was kind of a much more now book then, rather than this being a um, when will then a more be now? elegant what? A much, this was a much more elegant look at what she was trying to say. It's basically like so if it poetry, you're supposed to sort of say you know underneath what it is you're trying to express, right? A kind of show don't tell idea, and that's more or less what this book ended up being, rather than Ghost of Watchmen, which was 
uh, much more heavy handed with the the points she was trying. Oh, old people are racist. Young 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 girls should be able to do what they want with their bodies, and that's how life is. I agree, know? though. I think in general, I love that principle. Of, like less is yeah. more, and subtlety is more. It's effective. Just like everyone's first draft of anything. Really. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of. Anyway, let's keep it. Uh, Makem was an old town, but it was a tired old town when I first knew it. In rainy weather, the streets turned to red slop. Grass grew on the sidewalks. The courthouse sagged in the square. Somehow, it was hotter then. A black dog suffered on a summer's day. Bony mules hitched to Hoover carts flicked flies in the sweltering shade of the live oaks Hoover of the square. Oh, like Hooverville fucking transient sort of yeah, this tent is, town shit? Yeah, this Men's is stiff great, collars great depression. wilted by nine in the morning. Ladies bathed before noon after their three o'clock naps, and by nightfall, we got Hoovervilles now. We're like oh. soft tea cakes with frosting of sweat, and sweet talc. Skid Row. People moved slowly then. Shittier names then. They ambled across True. the square, shuffled in and out of stores around it, took their time about everything. A day was twenty-four hours long, but seemed longer. There was no hurry, for there was nowhere to go, nothing to buy, and no money to buy it with, nothing to see outside the boundaries of Macon County. But it was a time of vague optimism for some, pe- some people, some of the people. Macomb County had recently been told that it had nothing to fear but fear itself. We lived on the main residential street in town, Atticus, Jem, and I, plus Calpurnia, our cook. Jem and I found our father satisfactory. He played with us, read to us, and treated us with courteous detachment. Calpurnia, by the way, fun side note. So obviously you guys know who played Boo Radley in the movie. Duval, yeah, Robert Duval. Mm. Uh, you know who played Scout? I don't. I don't remember her her first name, but uh, she was I'll John Badham's sister. John Badham's the director of like a uh, Short Circuit and Saturday oh. Night Fever and all that stuff. He taught at Chapman. He was one of oh, the right on. teachers. <laughs> but his sister played Scout. Gotcha. Um. Anyway, uh, uh, Calperny was something else again. Mary Badham. Mary Badham. Thank you. She was all angles and bones. Wait, who was Atticus? That was uh Gregory Peck. Yeah. Oh. I was thinking the other guy. Who was Mr. Smith? Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Never mind. <laughs> he was nearsighted. She squinted. Sorry, she was nearsighted. She squinted. Her hand was wide as, be- as a bed slat and twice as hard. She was always ordering me out of the kitchen, asking me why I couldn't behave as well as Jem and when she knew he was older, and calling me home when I wasn't ready to come. Our battles were epic and one-sided. Calpurnia always won, mainly because Atticus always took her side. She had been with us ever since Jem was born, and I had felt her tyrannical presence as long as I could remember. Our mother died when I was two, so I never felt her absence. She was a Graham from Montgomery. Atticus met her when he was first elected to the state legislator. A Graham? It's her name. Oh. Yeah. Uh, She was middle-aged then. Oh, like of the Graham family? She was 15 years his junior. Jem was the product of their first year of marriage. Four years later, I was born. And two years later, our mother died from a sudden heart attack. They said it ran in her family. So I, did not miss her. Do I did not miss her, but I think Jem did. He remembered her clearly, and sometimes in the middle of a game, he would sigh at length and go off and play by himself behind a car house. When he was like that, I knew better not to bother him. When I was almost six and Jem was nearly ten, our summertime boundaries, within calling distance of Calpurnia, were Mrs. Henry Lafayette Dubois' house, might be Dubose's house, D-U-B-O-S-E, Dubose, what do you guys want to say, Dubois, Dubose, Dubose? Dubois. There's no I, so. Wait, B-O-I-S-E? D-U-B-O-S-E, Dubose. 
Yeah, sure. I like the speaker. Mrs. Henry, Henry Lafayette DuBose's house, two doors to the north of us, <laughs> and the Radley Place, three doors to the south. We were never tempted to break them. The Radley Place was inhabited by an unknown entity, the mere description of whom was enough to make us be- behave for days. Mrs. DuBose was plain hell. That was the summer Dill came to us. Early one morning, as we were beginning our day's play in the backyard, Jim and I heard something next door in Mrs. Rachel Haverford's collared patch. We went, to re- we went to the wire fence to see if there was a puppy. Miss Rachel's rat terrier was expecting. Instead, we found someone hitting, sitting, looking at us. Sitting down, he wasn't much higher than the collards. We stared at him until he spoke. Hey. Hey yourself, <laughs> said Jim pleasantly. Hey. I'm trying. Hey. Sup? Hey. hey, bro. You party? I'm Charles Baker Harris, he said. I can read. Nice. So what, I said. I just thought you'd like to know Don't I can be read. jealous, Sean. You got anything you need to read and I can do it? <laughs> well, how old are you? How old are you? Asked Jem. Four and a half? Going on seven. Shoot, no wonder then, said Jem, jerking his thumb at me. Scout's y- uh, Scout yonder's been reading ever since she was born, and she ain't even started school yet. You look right puny for going on seven. I'm little, but I'm old, he said. Jem brushed his hair back to get a better look. <laughs> it's creepy. Why don't you come over, Charles Baker Harris, he said. Lord, what a name. It's not any funnier than yours. And Rachel says your name's Jeremy Atticus Finch, Jem scowled. Everyone's name in the South is like that. What, what is he talking about? I'm big enough to fit mine, he said. Your it's name's like longer than you are. Pierre Gustave Tutom Beauregard. That's a, <laughs> a foot longer. Zorg. <laughs> Folks call me Dill, Dill said, struggling under the fence. Do better if you come over instead of under it, I said. Where'd you come from? Sorry. Where did you go? Where did you come from? <laughs> Got that joke. <laughs> Dill was from Meridian, Mississippi. Was spending the summer with his aunt, Miss Rachel, and would be spending every summer in Maycomb from now on. His family was from Maycomb County originally. His mother worked for a photographer in Meridian and had entered, had entered his pictures in a beautiful child contest and won mm-hmm. $5. Nice. She gave the money to Dill, who went to the picture show 20 times on it. <laughs> Jesus. You don't have any picture shows around here except Jesus ones in the courthouse sometimes, said The Jim. pictures. The pictures. <laughs> the moving pictures. <laughs> Ever seen anything good? Dill had seen Dracula, a revelation that moved Jem. Man, I was looking last night. The cheapest movies are like $15 now. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Jem to like eye him with the beginning of 25 respect. 25 for the 3D. Tell it to us. What said. do you think it cost? In, what, 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 did they say what it cost? He said 20 yeah, times for five bucks. Oh, okay. Joey? Quarter. Go. Boom. It's pretty cheap. Yeah. yeah, that's it's, five. It's five more than it than it had when it was the Nickelodeon days. Yeah, Dill had seen Dracula, but they sorry. got sound in that time. Dill so. was a curiosity. He wore blue. They had sound in the silent pictures. There was a nice gentleman <laughs> playing music <laughs> and a slide whistle. Yeah. Sometimes, if you're lucky, Dill was a curiosity. He wore th- he wore blue linen shorts that buttoned to his shirt. Uh, his hair was snow white, stuck to his head like duck fluff. He was a year my senior, but. But I towered over him. As he told us, the old tale with his blue eyes would lighten dark. His laugh was sudden and happy. He habitually pulled at the cowlick in the center of his forehead. When Dill reduced Dracula to dust, and Jem said the show sounded better than the, than the book, I asked Dill where his father was. You ain't said nothing about him. I haven't got one. It's kind of funny that they're talking about... The book being, I know, I was, in the, yeah, it, me too. It, it, I mean, I the same thing. I, I, they would have no idea that there would be a movie later on that of this. Yeah, yeah, it, you're right. It's very meta, unironic, 
unintentionally. Unironically meta? Yeah. Unintentionally meta? It's exactly like Ghost Out of Watchmen, actually. <laughs> Is he dead? No. Then if he's not dead, you've got one, haven't you? Dill blushed, and Jim told me to hush. A sure sign that Dill had been studied and found acceptable. Right. Uh, thereafter, the summer passed in routine contentment. Routine, the uh, routine contentment was improving our treehouse that rested between giant, uh, giant twin chinaberry trees in the backyard. Fussing, running, th- fussing, running the fuck's through our a chinaberry. That's racist, John. Yeah, you said what? it. Well, you could have just said, "Oh, what's a chinaberry tree?" That sounds interesting because I'm I'm curious about all cultures. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, I'm sorry. It's been a while. I forgot the Sean Fon language. Yeah, you'd have to put it through the filter. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, I don't know what a, what, a, what a Chinaman berry tree is. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. It's not, not the correct nomenclature, bro. <laughs> running through our list of dramas based on the works of Oliver Optic, Victor Appleton, and Edgar Rice Burroughs. In this matter, we were lucky to have Dill. He played the character parts formally thrust upon me. The ape in Tarzan, Mrs. Crabtree in The River Boys, Mr. Damon in Tom Swift. Thus, we came to know Dill as a pocket Merlin, whose head teemed with eccentric plans, strange longings, and quaint fancies. By the end of August, our repertoire was vapid from countless reproductions, and it was then that Dill gave us the idea of making Boo Radley come out. The Radley place fascinated Dill. In spite of our warnings, the explanations it drew, uh, the the explanations it drew him as the moon draws drew him as the moon draws water, but drew him no nearer than the light pole on the corner, a safe distance from the rat gate. There he would stand, his arm around the fat pole, staring, wondering. The Radley place jutted into a sharp curve beyond our house. Walking south, one faced its per- porch. The sidewalk turned and ran beside the lot. The house was low, was once white with a deep front porch and green shutters, but had a long ago darkened to the color of, of slate gray, sorry, of a slate, slate gray yards around it. Rain rotted shingles drooped over the eaves of the veranda. Oak trees kept the sun away. The remains of a picket drunkenly guarded the front yard as a swept yard that was never swept, where Johnson grass and rabbit tobacco inside the house. Rabbit tobacco. The, I don't know what rabbit tobacco is. I imagine it's tobacco. So like catnip for rabbits? Inside the house lived a malevolent phantom. People said he existed, but Gem and I had never seen him. People said he went out at night, moon was down, and peeped in windows. When people's azaleas froze in the cold snap, it was because he had breathed on Any stealthy small crimes committed in Maycomb were his work. Once the town was terrorized by a series of morbid nocturnal events, people's chickens and household pets were found mutilated. Although the culprit was Crazy Eddie, who eventually drowned himself in Barker's Eddie, people still looked at the Radley Place, unwilling to discard their initial suspicions. A Negro would not pass the Radley Place at night. He would cut across the sidewalk opposite the whistle as he walked, and whistle as he walked. The Maycomb School grounds adjoined the, black, the back of a of the Radley lot from the Radley chicken yard, tall pecan trees stood, uh, shook their fruit into the schoolyard, but the nuts lay untouched by the children. Radley pecans kill you. Baseball hit into the Radley yard. It's a lost ball. No questions asked. The misery of that house began many years before Gemini were born. 
The Radleys, welcome anywhere in town, kept to themselves, a predilection unforgivable in Maycomb. They did not go to church, Maycomb's principal uh, recreation, but worshipped at home. Mrs. Radley seldom, if ever, crossed the street for a mid-morning coffee break with her neighbors, and certainly never joined a missionary circle. Mr. Radley walked to town at 11.30 every morning and came back to and came back promptly at 12. Sometimes, carrying a brown paper bag that the neighborhood assumed and contained the family grocery neighborhood assumed contained the family groceries, I never knew how old Mr. Radley how I never knew how old Mr. Radley made his living. Jem said he bought cotton, a polite term for doing nothing. But Mr. Radley and his wife had lived there with their two sons as long as anybody could remember. The shutters and doors of the Radley house were closed on Sunday. Another thing alien to make them ways. Closed doors meant illness in cold weather only. Of all days, Sunday was the day for formal afternoon visiting. Uh, ladies wore corsets. Men Jesus wore coats. God. Children wore shoes. But to climb the Radley front steps and call, Hey, hey, or hey, on a Sunday afternoon was something their neighbors never did. The Radley house had no screen doors. I once asked Atticus if, um, if it ever had any. Atticus said yes but before I was born. According to neighborhood legend, when the younger Radley boy was in his teens, he became acquainted with some of the Cunninghams from Old Sarum, an enormous and confusing tribe domiciled in northern part of the county, and they formed the nearest thing to a gang ever seen in Maycomb. They did little, but enough to be discussed by the town, and publicly warned from three, pup- from three pulpits. Uh, they hung around the barber shop. They rode the bus to Abbotsville on Sundays and went to the pictures show. The picture show. They attended dances in the county's Riverside Gambling Hall, the Dewdrop Inn, and fishing, and fishing camp. They experimented with stumphole whiskey. Nobody <laughs> in Maycomb had enough nerve to tell Mrs. Rat- Mr. Radley that his boy was in with the wrong crowd. One night, go ahead. No, just oh. so descriptive. Yeah. So it means like, I don't know, it just makes for a good movie. I can, you can kind of picture the shots, the descriptions, the look, you know, of the whole. It's like basically setting this whole world in Maycomb. It's not just saying. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Some books you can tell already, and you can even see it would make a good movie. Yeah, I, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if they should remake it. No, I would. I would go with a no. They will, but yeah, they, will. they shouldn't. What? What they might, would be? I don't know if they will. What happens if they do it really well? What remake has been better than the original? I didn't see the Blade, Wizard of Oz. Blade Runner, but the I, Wizard of Oz. I heard the new Blade Runner. The new Blade Runner is not a remake. It's just Blade Runner. It's just a sequel. It's a, it's a sequel. Yeah, the Wizard of Oz is a remake. Of, uh, there the was, original silent version of The Wizard of Oz. When was that? Like the 20s? 1915. I think. Uh, 19, 1918, actually. So uh, 20 years before, basically. I, I guess I rem- remakes are okay when you add an entire uh, new technology or an yeah, entire no, new sensation um, to it. It's a, it's a good question. A modern, yeah. an, an actual Ocean's modern 11. remake? Potions 11 is better. Really? Maybe, like, yeah. I think they're both uh, about, They're both good. They're both about okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. You could make an argument one. Okay. I think the new, <laughs> yes, I would say the they're new equally meh. They, yes, they're equally meh. Isn't there others like another Steve McQueen movie that's been remade or something? I feel like there's not better. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure I, 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 I might be able to think of one that was a better remake, but it's 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 hard to say. I mean, oh, you know, again, uh, Twenty One Jump Street. I know it's a TV show, but the movie was better than the TV show. I hate it. I thought the TV show was stupid. Uh, that's just me. They're both. Yeah. Like, again, they were both meh. Like okay, okay, fine. Yeah, it's like saying the Brady Bunch movie was better than the Brady Bunch. Like, right? It's a yeah, different thing. Like, okay, okay. One night, in an excessive spurt of high spirits, the boys backed around the square in a borrowed, uh, 
Fliver. Can't go round a square. That means F-L-I-V-V-E-R. Uh, by the way, while I'm looking Flight this up, fancy. and I think that that it probably is a uh, an intended like pun there, the fact around the square. Mm. Uh, Fliver is a cheap car or aircraft. Really? Oh. And a borrowed Fliver. slang for an automobile. Huh. Resisted arrest by Makem's ancient beetle. Also, oh God, rabbit tobacco is its own thing. It's its own plant. It used to be called Sweet Everlasting or Old Field Balsam. It's like it's, you can crush it up and make it into like a medicine and stuff. Oh. It's kind of like saying like crab apple, I think. You know what I mean? It's like not an apple, but yeah. like rabbit tobacco, it's not. Yeah. Cool. Okay, whatever. Thank you, sir. Mr. Connor. Uh, like pork salad? Nick comes the ancient beetle, Mr. Okay. Connor, and locked him in the courthouse in the courthouse outhouse. The town decided something had to be done. Thought you were cultured. Mr. Connor said he knew who each and every one of them was, and he uh, and he was bound and determined that they wouldn't get away with it. So the boys came before the probate judge on charges of disorderly conduct, disturbing the peace, assault, and battery, and using abusive and profane language in the presence and hearing of a female. The judge asked Mr. Connor why he induced the last charge. Mr. Connor said they they cussed so loud he was sure every lady in Maycomb heard. The judge decided to send the boys to the state industrial school where the boys and sometimes where the boys were sometimes sent for no other reason other than to provide them with food and decent shelter. It was no prison and it was no disgrace, Mr. Radley thought it was. If the judge released Arthur, Mr. Radley would see that Arthur gave no further trouble. Knowing that Mr. Radley's word was his bond, the judge was glad to do so. Anyway, so... What'd yeah. you think, Obi? Did you like this book? When I read it, I, re- I liked it a lot, yeah. When were, how old were you? Were you in, like, I don't remember. I genuinely grade, don't sixth remember. Grade? Yeah, like, like, sixth. Between fifth and... Fifth grade and, and seventh grade sounds right. Why do you think this book... I mean, I guess it's an obvious question, an obvious answer. Why is this book ubiquitously used in every school in the United States? It's... It's... There's there's enough like subtle um, imagery and good storytelling and and specific kind of you know um, God what's the best way to put it uh, it, alliteration it's, no 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 it's it's not it, it's it's such a, a quintessentially good novel in that sense you know what I mean it doesn't it doesn't um, so it. Okay. I, I, to add on that, I agree. I think you're it's right. It's an I exemplary it's, piece of literature. Yeah, but it also has, and it's not that hard. It's not the, like a like twenty levels of meaning in yeah. each thing. It's just like one or two levels of each little thing. It's like, oh, what's what's underneath this one thing? It's like, oh, the one thing. But baby's first yeah, choice. Yeah, it's like, hey, it's not a good idea to be racist. But like, you know, it's okay. Not. So there's subtext, but it's not Joycean yeah. level. Five level subtext. Right. It's one or two levels, but yeah. the message is important. Don't you but, limit choice to five? Sorry. Does he have more than five? That's a lot. Oh, yeah. He's, he's got at least five copies with different notes in each one. Like, yeah. <laughs> how, how many copies do you have notes in? Four or five. I think five. Okay. One, two, three. All right. That's four. not quite as crazy as I thought. No. No. It's, Just yeah. know that you gained a couple points in my mind. Jesus Christ. I appreciate that. I, You've I, gone I, from you. insane to how many, slightly insane. How many total copies do you own? Oh, I don't. <laughs> that's gotta be know. like that's gonna be like twenty, right? One, no, no. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. How many are in your car? Just one. <laughs> okay. You only need one travel eight. copy. So I think I have eight or nine physical copies, but I also have one on my phone and one on my Kindle. 
one tattooed on your balls. <laughs> He's got a stretch no, that him would to be read good. it. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah, really difficult. <laughs> you, got, you got one of those dental mirrors. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Literally Literary. Remember to follow us at Politinkering on the Twitters there. You can also follow Joey at J-O-E-B-O-N-I-E-R or Sean at text B for calling. You can follow me at Discarded Post-It Poetry. You can also go over to uh, Fawcast.com. Uh, check out our other shows, literally, or uh, Politinkering, Going Down in South Park, Wow Wow Westworld, and Text Before Calling. Um, finally, you can donate to our PayPal page. The only person who does so on a consistent basis apparently is Joey for $1 per month. Um, so we thank him for that every day. I have a few complaints, though. <laughs> he also bought us our pizza just now. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> and as a paying customer, <laughs> you're going to hear them. Psychosomatic Atticus Finch. Goodbye. Oh, make sure to uh, subscribe. Give us a rating, please. Five oh, yeah. stars. Mm. And also, please tell a friend. Tell an you enemy. Know, it's, it's really, that's probably the best, honestly. It's just like, tell your mom. Okay, maybe, maybe your mom. Tell your dad. Tell Joey's mom. <laughs> Tell my mom to listen. She forgets sometimes. Uh, and she's she's a hypochondriac and she's a doctor. It's a crazy mm-hmm. mess. But the point is, tell someone. Tell uh, tell your sister. Tell your brother. Tell a friend. That's the best tell way to- Tell your lover. To, tell your mother. Yeah. All things being equal, thank you for listening.